2: sisters are doing it for themselves, except when it comes to investing on the stock market. Women display reckless caution through their love of cash savings, experts claim, and are missing out hugely over the long term because of their overly cautious attitude to investing and the stock market. Just 10% of British women have a stocks and shares ISA, compared to 17% of men. They still prefer to put their hard-earned money into cash, even though interest rates are at rock bottom. So what is holding us back? Is it a lack of knowledge, reluctance to pay for advice, or even a perception that the services and products offered by the asset management industry are somehow not for us? Welcome to a special edition of the FT Money Show, the FT's most popular weekly podcast. This week, we've devoted the show to women and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, FT Money Editor, and I'll be giving you the money news in downloadable form with help from my special studio guests. The mystery of why women are less likely to invest on the stock market than men has baffled the asset management industry for years. But today, we hope they'll sit up and listen to what FT Money has to say. Following an in-depth study into women's attitudes to investing that we've conducted in partnership with the consultancy Britain Thinks, some surprising insights have been gleaned about why women and men find the world of investment a place they feel excluded from. I'm joined in the FT studio by Deborah Mattinson, founding director of Britain Thinks, which has conducted the study. Deborah, welcome to The Money Show. Hello. Hi. Well, firstly, tell us what prompted you to look into this area.
3: So it, I think it was a combination of work that we'd done ourselves at Britain Thinks on behalf of our own clients and quite a wide variety of published data that started to suggest to us that women were particularly ill-served by the financial services industry both in terms of the products they design and in terms of the communications that they use to inform women about those products and the sense that we got and that's kind of the hypothesis we were looking to test was that women have changed But the industry, or at least some aspects of it, just haven't kept pace. And we were particularly interested in a significant group of women who are confident and self-assured in general, but really lack confidence about certain aspects, particularly of asset management.
2: And what did your research show?
3: So the research, I suppose it confirmed the hypothesis broadly. It highlighted this disconnect and it showed us how many women see investments, frankly, as something that someone else does and something that's not for them. What we saw was that 40% of women described themselves as less knowledgeable about investing compared with 30% of men, so quite a big gap there. And while both genders claimed to know something about their household finances, men were more likely to claim responsibility for the investments. And we found, as we dug a bit deeper in the focus groups, that there was quite a big gap in knowledge. So, for instance, we found women who were very knowledgeable and confident in other aspects of their lives and their financial management who didn't know what a dividend was actually had no idea what a dividend was. So, you know, there's some quite fundamental problems there, I think.
2: Yeah, so I try and explain what a dividend was at the workshop, which she And they were still none the wiser, I think. You know, know,
3: (laughs) because there is a very big knowledge gap. And that's the problem. And I think one of the women described this beautifully in the workshop. She said, I'm like a dry sponge. Mm. I want information. I'm ready to soak up the information. And I start soaking it up. And then I think, that's not right and have to squeeze it out and start again so she was sort of thirsty for knowledge but actually when she got the information it wasn't the right kind of information it didn't actually shed any light
2: and her point as well was that as a working mother she doesn't have time to squeeze up all of these wrong bits of information she just wants the right information exactly i mean
3: all of the women were, were had very busy complicated lives and i think the other thing is there's a very complicated demarcation that takes place in households where there's a, a you know a man and a woman mm. and and it's really important to understand how that works to sort of navigate that properly for financial services companies
2: now next tell us a little bit in the workshop Big discussion of financial advertising. Mm. Women really didn't like the way that products and services were being advertised to them. Talk us through a little bit about that. And for asset managers out there listening to the show, quivering, how would you (laughs) advise they broaden their appeal to women?
3: Honestly, I think if, if some of the asset managers could have been flies on the wall at the workshop, they would have really died when they saw how their marketing budgets were being dissed by the women in the workshop who were literally sort of shrieking at some of the ads that we showed them. What we, it's partly about the vocabulary that's used, and the poll showed us that, you know, the words that, that women used when they talked about financial services communication, unwelcoming, male, patronising, jargon-ridden, overcomplicated. I think in the end, women simply don't see themselves reflected back in that advertising. Either they're absent completely, and the advertising is about a kind of male world that they have no connection with at all, or they see themselves confined to roles that they simply don't recognise. The sort of uber glamorous. Yes, it's it's not just mumsy, it's yummy mummies. It's, you know, incredibly glamorous women in these very sort of idealised lives, whereas that's not how they see themselves. It doesn't reflect their reality, and, and they hate it, actually. It really annoys them.
2: Yes, well, there was one advert that they really liked, which was actually one for Nutmeg Nutmeg, yes. Um, saying this is the millionaire of the future and it was a young savvy looking woman who could be you know an entrepreneur somebody starting a web business Yeah
3: she was savvy looking but she was also relatable I mean she was somebody that could have been them she didn't look completely idealised and sort of over glamorous there was also a Lloyd's TSB ad that had a couple sitting round the kitchen table and they liked that because they felt that was sort of how they negotiate things with their own partners if they had partners so they, they were looking to see their own lives reflected back to them.
2: Well, we're lucky to be joined by Sue Nofka, one of the UK's top female asset managers whose prowess on the stock market has enabled her to carve out an enviable career with Schroders, where she is the manager of the Prime UK Equities Investment Trust. Sue, welcome to The Money Show. Thank you, Claire. Now, nobody could accuse you of being a woman who is too scared to invest in the stock market. You've spent your career in the asset management industry. One could say a woman in a man's world, but having heard the top lines of the research from Deborah. What do you think is holding women
0: back? I think it is confidence. It's not that they don't have the same lack of experience as men. We've seen similar type surveys that men are just as expert in such fields. It's just that they have greater confidence to take the steps. I think women need more information to feel comfortable Mm -hmm. to then make decisions and to take that responsibility. And I think a lot of what they see and a lot of what has come out from the survey is that women don't feel part of the decision-making process. Now, that can be part of the advice and guidance. It can be off-putting adverts. It can be just not being able to navigate that jargon and language. And the feedback I got from talking to women around the office was really that they want plain English, they want accessibility, they want more information that they can then begin to take the first steps. And they want something that's inclusive, especially if they've got a partner. They want to take the decisions together and not feel as though it's their partner's sole responsibility, but they want to feel part of that conversation, particularly with an advisor.
2: Now, do you think the asset management industry as a whole should be doing more to engage with female customers, after what you've heard?
0: Yes, I do. And I I think technology provides a fantastic platform as an opportunity to do that, because clearly there is a market opportunity for financial services firms there. Women are a large part of the market and they need to take financial responsibility for their financial futures. And I think what, what's come out of this survey is really that financial services firms are not doing what's required to access that market opportunity. I think websites are, are a fantastic medium to provide much more information, very accessible form, to put webcasts up there, to really engage mm-hmm. on Short clips of information, do, do some education, why it's important. You're doing
2: videos, for instance. Yes,
0: uh, that's right. And I, I checked that we were actually doing them and that they are up there. <laughs> so I, I was on my iPad last night on the sofa and my husband said, yes, I recognise that voice. And there I was explaining what exactly an investment trust is, how I go about the investment process. And I think that will give some potential investors a lot more information and potentially confidence that that could be the investment that's right for them. Well, particularly if they're
2: seeing a female face. And finally, for women listening out there who are thinking, God, I should get cracking. Let's run through some of the things that they might be thinking about at different stages of their lives that you've helped us highlight in the FT Money article that will be out this weekend. So firstly, starting with young women aged 20 to 35, finished university, in their first job, what are your top tips of what they should be thinking about?
0: Don't be overwhelmed by the amount of financial goals that are going to come at you. You'll be thinking about Paying down your student debt, saving for a housing deposit, whether that's rental or buying. You'll be working out whether you can afford it, whether you should take out a pension and how that's done. And you'll be thinking, can you afford to have a partner and a child at some point? And I think for a lot of people that just is completely overwhelming and they don't even know where to start. And I think what I would say to women at that stage in their lives is get cracking, save what you can Put it in a pot that you can think of as a cake with different slices. You don't have to make a commitment to each and every. Part of your financial goals but the earlier you get started the better it is you can take more risk you've got much longer to build up a financial pot and I think that's the best advice and certainly with things like company pensions if you make a
2: contribution often your company will match that essentially free money even if you're just putting in a little bit of your salary now as you get a bit older 35 to 50 the category which um, I'm sure we all fit into (laughs) here we've got more money to invest At this stage in life, hopefully we're on the property ladder. What else would you be thinking about?
0: Well, it's really around balancing, certainly for women, they're going to have some caring roles coming into this sort of timescale. It could be caring for their own children, having career breaks, working part-time, caring for elderly relatives, or a combination of all of those over that 15-year time span. And that complicates things, but it's to keep going, keep growing that cake and to take advantage of lots of government schemes. And I know the feedback I get is that it's complicated, the rules keep changing. But you can keep on top of those by keeping up with the information flow, read the money pages, go onto to websites. Here, here. So it is the ISAs, the JISAs, the LISAs, all these little terms. But this is effectively subsidised savings schemes for individuals. And it's definitely worthwhile for most of the people in that category to take advantage of the tax efficiency. And certainly in
2: light of what else we've heard about ISAs, look for a stocks and shares product rather than cash which you can use in your Lisa or Lisa and in your JISA too. But then coming up to the 50s, retirement's beckoning but for a lot of women this will be more of a
0: worry than something they'll look forward to. That's right and Certainly for women, they have a longer life expectancy than men. So it's really important that they take care of their retirement planning. They may have had career breaks or lower overall lifetime savings. There may be divorces. And so that complicates money matters for many women. And often they are widowed as well so there are lots of different things for women to really consider and to take into account in their financial planning but it is around planning for themselves taking responsibility for themselves a lot of women put their children first Mm. and it's very difficult to help your children or even your ailing elderly relatives if you haven't taken full responsibility and got yourself into a comfortable position so put yourself first. And like you said, in our warm up in the green room, think of the mask. <laughs> That's right. So, so just like when you're watching the safety briefing on the airlines as you go off on holiday, it's really important that you put on your own oxygen mask first before you put on those for your children. And it's exactly the same. You won't be able to help those around you when they're in need if you're not in a comfortable position yourself.
2: Well, thanks very much there to Deborah Mattison, founding director of Britain Thinks, and Sue Nofka, manager of the Prime UK Equities Investment Trust at Schroder's, both of whom have brought much oxygen to the debate about women and investing. You can read FT Money's cover feature, Why Are Women Too Scared to Invest, this weekend as part of the Weekend FT or online from Friday at ft.com money. We'd really love to know what you think about women and investing. For example, do you recognise yourself in the survey results? And what would give you the confidence to start investing? How would you like the asset management industry to view your needs differently? Maybe even tell us about what adverts you like and dislike. Get in touch with us via email. Our address is money at ft.com or you can tweet us at ftmoney. And you can leave comments at the foot of individual articles on our website at ft.com money. There is just time to tell you what else will feature in this weekend's issue. John Lee, our veteran investment columnist, asked how he can pass on his love of the stock market to his daughters. And our wealth man columnist, Jason Butler, has been helping his teenage daughter prepare for her driving test. In his column, he asks why millennials don't have to sit a financial driving test to prepare them for the real world. Plus, we have the latest share tips and director's deals from The Investor's Chronicle. The Money Show was produced in London by Naomi Rovnik and edited by Feline Reyes in Melina we will be back next week, but for now, it's goodbye from me and our studio guests. Goodbye.
0: If you enjoyed listening to this, you might like to try our Hard Currency podcast presented by me, Roger Blitz, the FT's currencies correspondent. Each week, I discuss the main talking points in the markets with experts in the field. You can find our latest show at ft.com podcasts every Thursday.